Awesome. You can cut the video right there. You can cut the video right there. Listen, I know some of you are like, what did I just watch? Well, first of all, that's Pokemon. Duh. You're like, you're a grown man. Fight me. I love Pokemon. Some of you that have actually seen the Pokemon series know who those two people are. That's, that's, that's Pikachu. For real, bro. Facts. Facts. Why, why am I playing, why am I playing a clip of, of Pokemon? What I love about Pokemon is this. He, the, the preface of this, of this clip is he's trying to choose his starter Pokemon. He's, and, and he was late. So everybody got all the good ones. And he got stuck with Pikachu. But come to find out later on throughout the series, what happens? They become the best dynamic duo ever. Name a more iconic duo. I'll wait. You can't. All right. One of the most, one of the most famous lines from Pokemon. You're like, dude, you're a nerd. I'm like, I know. I know. Is when they say, and they're about to throw out a Pokemon to fight. They say the name of the Pokemon. And then they say, I choose you. Oh, you guys do know. Everybody say, I choose you. Say it again. I choose you. That's the, that's the title of tonight's message. I choose you. I honestly just wanted an excuse to play a Pokemon clip uh, because I'm a youth pastor and I do what I want. And if you don't like cartoons, it's whatever because we're going to watch more at probably at some point or another. All right. I choose, I choose you. This whole concept of this show is they've partnered with this Pokemon and they basically do life together. Like, this dude is about to preach about Pokemon? Kind of. Not really. They're doing life together. I want to read to you tonight. Amen, Riley. Amen. I want to read you a story that we find in Luke, in, in the Gospel of Luke, where Jesus chooses... His first disciples say, I choose you. This is, a, this is a big deal. This is the start of Jesus' ministry. And he wakes up one day, he's like, I need, I need a squad. I need an all-star team. I need people that are going to have my back. So I'm going to go look for them. So we're going to pick up Luke 5, 1 through 11. If you've got your Bible, say, you're. If you don't have your Bible, say, Ugh. Okay, that's, uh, that's way too many of you. I think some of y'all just wanted to go. Uh. But if you don't have your Bible and you've got your phone, you can use your Glow Bible. I call that the Glow Bible 3000s. Or you can use what I call the Sky Bible. This is the Sky Bible, so it's okay. Hey, and if you don't have a Bible and want one, I got you. Find me after service. Luke 5, 1 through 11. You ready for God's word? Say, yeah. yeah. Here we go. It says... On one occasion, throw it up on the, oh, I love that. They're ready. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Okay, that seems like that's something fishermen will do. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked, this is Jesus, by the way, we talk about, if you don't know what we're talking about, just talk about Jesus, all right? I did have coffee again today, so I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. He asked him to put out a little from the land. Jesus gets to the boat, says, hey, man, let's go for a ride. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. 
And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, nada. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. What? They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Give it up for Sal. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. And when they, who's saying? <laughs> when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. That's a whole lot of fish. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats. Let me drive the boat. So that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's alive, that it's active in our lives. Thank you that it is the truth. And it's a truth that sets us free every day. And so tonight, God, I pray that you would speak to us through your word. Lord, if, if students here encounter me, encounter a game, they encounter lights and action and inflatables, they encounter nothing. But Lord, if they encounter you, their lives will be forever changed. And so tonight, God, help us create an atmosphere for us to encounter Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit tonight. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And everybody says... What is happening in this story? Because that was a lot. Some of y'all don't like reading, so some of y'all just took like a 30-second nap. It's okay. Wake up. What's happening? So Simon, called Peter, John, and his brother James are out fishing. Why? Because they are fishermen. All right? They're not like accountants. <laughs> they are fishermen. They are out doing what their job is, fishing. They had been out all day and all night. And what happened? They had caught nothing. I like that. Everybody go, ooh. That's annoying. Who's ever been fishing? I love fishing. What I don't like about fishing is not actually fishing. You know, I think it's fishing when you actually catch fish. Before you catch a fish, you're just, you're sitting, you're waiting. There are people that are professional waiters. They legit will get on the boat for a competition and wait to catch a fish. And who gets the bigger one? I can't believe that. I could do that. I could sit there. You know what I'm saying? They're making so much money. It's okay. It's all right. God called me to this. All right. So they're fishing and they, they, they said toil, but they had worked all night. They're like, let's try that spot. Let's try that spot. They don't have motors in this time. So they're like paddling. All right. They're like doing these. All day, all night, and they catch nothing. That's very frustrating because it is their job. They've got to catch fish. They've got to sell fish. They've got to eat fish. So you're not eating. I'm not eating. This is a bad night. This is a bad day. And then it looks bad. Like what kind of, you know, 
they got other fishermen, you know, they're pulling in fish, and they're like, there goes Simon. You have no idea what you're doing. Look at that guy. He's so dumb. <laughs> Haven't got a fish. Should have been something else. Should have been a librarian. I don't know, right? So, so, so they, they toil all night, nothing. So they're like, well, listen, we're done. We've been, we're, we're tired of this. We're done. Let's go home. So they get out the boat, they hop out the boat, and they start washing their nets. I honestly don't know why they would be washing their nets. I didn't really look into it. But I just think it's funny that they're washing their nets with water after they were just in water. But it's okay, because I'm not a fisherman. Does anybody know? I don't know. We'll find out. Google it. I don't know. So they're washing their nets, and they're cleaning their nets. You know, there's probably seaweed on it. There's probably, like, other stuff. You know, who knows? There's probably just things in the net. Jesus is there, and he's wanting to teach. He's wanting to, like teach to the masses and what what's happening is there's so many people and they just want to get around Jesus that Jesus is like oh my gosh there's so many people here half of y'all breath staying some of y'all haven't worn deodorant I feel like I'm at a junior high camp somebody smells like axe body spray so I need I need some of y'all wore axe tonight it's okay uh I need to get out of here I need to create some space so Jesus this is weird I, w- I might do a sermon series called Awkward Jesus, because some of the things that Jesus be doing is kind of awkward. And I think in this scenario, this is illegal. So Jesus, there's a boat. This is my boat for now. Jesus is like, there's a lot of people pressing up upon me. I don't like people being around me. I don't, you know, they're too close. So I've got to get some space, right? So Jesus sees two boats, Riley's boat and Simon's boat. He's like, Hey, man, can we go? Now, this is awkward because this is like you in being in traffic. You know, you're like on, you're like on Belmont. You're trying to come here. You know, you park your car in the parking lot, and somebody, you know, somebody from the church just gets up, you know, sees you got a Belmont compass on your, in your car, a little sticker, whatever, a little XL, whatever, gets in your car, and the driver's seat puts the keys in and says, hey, I saw your sticker. And uh, figured you were a Christian, so I need a car. Can I use yours? Can we go? Are you ready? Buckle up, buttercup. That's a, don't get in my car. Do you know what you're going to do? This is Chicago. Now, maybe in Springfield, Missouri, Springfield, Missouri, Missouri people are so nice. They'd be like, yeah, man, let's go. Where are we going? Altis? Let's go. We're going to Tarjay? We're going to the Bass Pro Shop? Let's do it. <laughs> They have the, the grandfather Bass Pro Shop there. So this is just weird. Jesus just gets in the boat. Like, this is awkward. He's like, hey, man, can you put out in the water so I can teach? Obviously, I'm trying to do something. Simon's like, this boat? Yeah, let's go. Can, can we do it? Jesus asked him, can you do that? I'm like, are you going to shoot me if I don't? He's like, no. So they go out. Jesus teaches. When Jesus is done teaching, he's like, hey, man, cast out your net. Cast out the net. He's like, well, we, we, we haven't caught nothing. He's like, listen, man, just cast out your net. Sometimes I think I have a hood Jesus in my Bible, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what Bible you have, but I have the, like the Chicago International version, and Jesus is a little hood, but he probably didn't say it like that. He started like, hey, man, listen, I know you haven't caught nothing. I obviously see that there's nothing in the boat. Obviously, you have not caught anything. So, go a little bit further, cast your net out, 
and see what happens. Boom, they catch a bunch of fish. What happens? Simon's like, yeah, yo! You know, James, John, everybody else, come on over. They start packing their boats up. They start sinking. And obviously, they see a miracle happens. I'm going to stop right there. This story is crazy. This story is nuts. This story is where Jesus starts off and he decides to choose Simon. He has this conversation with Simon first. Tonight I want to talk to you. Obviously our theme is I choose you, but I want to talk to you about how you'll never know what God will do in your life until you let him use you. You'll never know what God will do in your life until you let him choose you. Come on, say I choose you. What is it? mean to be chosen what does that even mean what are you saying to me like if I'm in your seat and you're up here and you say that I'm like okay what does that mean what does it mean to be chosen tonight I really want to do this quick so you're gonna have to roll with me all right whenever my older brother was about to do something sketchy in our hood rat days before Jesus BC uh I, I would never ask he'd always be like hey bro let's roll and I always knew we were about to do something really sketchy. But I never asked questions because that was my brother. I ain't sitting on nobody. He did it. No. All right. What does it mean to be chosen? Number one, if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, because God's word is good stuff. And let me tell you something. If God is speaking, that's something you want to write down. Number one, what, is, what does it mean to be chosen? Being chosen means be available. Be be available. Look at that. It's on the screen. Jesus doesn't have to use you. He chooses to use you. He chooses to use you. Notice, notice it says this. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him. Jesus asked Simon Peter. Simon could have said no. Like, I want you to get that, because we we probably have heard this story a lot, right? Like, yeah, you know, when Jesus asks, you, you know, it just magically people say yes. Like, you know, do you know Peter had an option to just say no? He is probably tired, frustrated. He's blaming everybody about them not catching fish. He could have said no. He could have said, can't you see I'm busy? Jesus, whoever you are, teacher person. I'm cleaning the nets. I'm doing something. I'm, I don't have, listen, that's cool and all. I know people like you and stuff, but I'm busy. I don't have time for this. Do you know that Peter could have said that? And then the story ends there. It literally would have been like two verses. Jesus got in the boat, asked Peter if he could use his boat. Peter says no. Chapter six, right? Like he could have, could have easily stopped there. He could have said, I don't have time for find." Find another boat. Find another boat. Could there be moments in our lives where we miss out on being used by God because we aren't available? Could it be that there's moments where God wants to use us? God wants us to pray for somebody. God wants us to speak life over somebody, to just encourage someone. Could it be that God wants to use you But you are not available. Your status on Facebook, not available. Some of y'all don't even use Facebook. Your status on MySpace, I'm just joking. Not available. I'm too busy. Some of you are too busy. Physically, you're just too busy. 
Some of y'all's schedules look like the president's, just always doing something. They look crazy. Some of you are busy mentally. There's something always going on. There's always something that you're worrying about, stressing about, or, or emotionally. Or Some of you are just busy. Could it be that God wants to use you, but you are not available? Now, this isn't like to discourage you tonight. And I'm really trying to keep it lighthearted. This is to encourage you that God wants to use you. That God wants to use you to, to influence people and to be a light, right? That's why we do what we do as followers of Christ. Why would we want to miss out on that? Why would we want to miss out on God using us? Has God ever failed? No. That should be louder. Has God ever failed? No. God never failed. God has never lost. Like, sure, being used by God might be scary. It might be a little intimidating. You might feel like you might be wrong. But God is with you. God is with you. He wants to help you. He will help you. I think for, for a fact, I think, I think Jesus, had Peter said no, I think Jesus would have just used the other boat. So this, this lets you know, like, like I said, God doesn't have or need to choose you. He wants to choose. He wants to use you. He wants to use you. What's the boat in this story? How, how, how does this boat mean? What does this boat mean to us? Your life. Simon's boat, Simon Peter's boat equals your life. God wants to use your life. God wants to use your dreams. God wants to use your passions. Some of y'all are passionate people. God wants to use that. God wants to, but are you available? Are you available? He could have said, hey, I just don't have the time. But what does he do? He says, oh, okay, let's go. Let's do it. I'm available. Number two, being chosen means be obedient. Some of y'all struggle with this one. Huh. <laughs> I, could, I could just feel some of y'all's mamas right now, wherever they're at, they're going, hmm, child, child. Being chosen means be obedient. Obedience leads to blessing. Obedience, well, how do you say that, Pastor Izzy? Well, I'm about to tell you. I'm about to read it to you. Notice, without Jesus, no fish. They had done it by themselves. All night. Notice, with Jesus, an abundance of fish. Blessings on blessings on blessings. Without Jesus, no blessing. With Jesus, abundance of blessing. Jesus doesn't need your boat. You need Jesus in your boat. What does that mean? You need Jesus in your life. And some of you may be here tonight and you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus. I'm here to tell you, I sailed many waters without Jesus in my boat. And it almost killed me. I'm here to tell you tonight that when, when I became available and when I became obedient and understood that he was choosing me as he is choosing you tonight, my life was forever changed. And I'm going to give you an opportunity tonight to allow Jesus into your boat, into your life. And you know, it won't always make sense being obedient 
It won't. You want to know what didn't make sense? Moving my pregnant wife in the matter of days from our dream house with jobs and all that lined up in a matter of days to a city that she's never lived in, that I haven't lived in in 12 years, here. That don't make sense, okay? A lot of people are like, why are you doing that? Because I know God chose me. Pastor Joey chose me. And I understood that. And God was, God was, God was saying, hey, would you be obedient to this? And let me tell you something. To prove that blessings on blessings on blessings happen... So far, we've been here for almost two months, which is crazy, right? I have, I have been so overwhelmed by the generosity and the blessing of you guys and the people of this church. More than I've ever experienced in my life. I mean, my boat has been overflowing with the fish that Belmont Assembly has has given us. I mean, it's so awesome. That's what obedience has has led us to, has led me to. It didn't make sense. Peter was a fisherman. He knew. He knew. He knew what the deal was. He knew that, listen, I know when the wind shifts, I know where the fish go. When the current is like this, I, I, know, I know better than you, Jesus. I'm a fisherman. That's something he could have easily said. Some of us do that. Some of us, some of us, some of us are in situations where like, Jesus, and you might not say this with your words, but you sure do say it with your actions. Jesus, I know what I'm doing. I, I kind of know a little bit more because I'm actually here. So uh, I think I'm good. Peter would have missed, would have missed out on a historical moment, not just in his life, not just biblically as we read the text, but the world in this one moment. What does he say? Even though it didn't make sense in his head, because you hear him say it. He's like, like, hey, we've, we've done this all night and we've caught nothing. What does he say? But at your word, I will let down the net. Peter and the crew just, just, just had Jesus teach hundreds of people, right? So obviously, as Jesus is teaching Peter and the, and the gang, they're kind of like listening. They're like, okay, this guy kind of seems like he knows what he's talking about. So why would he listen to Jesus? Probably because in the midst of Jesus' teaching, Jesus is probably talking about the goodness of God, of his Father. Jesus is probably teaching on blessing. Jesus is probably encouraging the people. So that's like, you know what? I'll, I'll take this guy up for his money. I'll just throw, I'll just throw the net out and see what happens what do we have today? Look what he says, but at your word. At your word. What do we have today? His word. We have his word. That's the Bible. So our response should be at your word. Meaning, I trust that what you say in your word is true. So he's saying at your word. Meaning, whatever you say, we are saying at your word, whatever you say, at your word, the scriptures, the Bible, the thing that tells us who Jesus is and it's alive and it's well. Because at your word, we'll do it. I trust your word. God gives us his word. God's word 
gives us the faith to believe and the tools to obey. God's word, listen to me, God's word gives us the faith and the tools to obey. I know a lot of you, it's hard to obey. And the reason why is because you don't know the truth. And you're not in his word. I'm like throwing up a glow Bible. <laughs> I might need one of those old leatherback ones. You know what I'm saying? It's Pentecostal Bibles. You're not in his word. How, how are you supposed to have faith in Jesus when you don't know Jesus? Just the little moments that Peter had with Jesus in the boat teaching, it was enough for him to just trust Jesus in that moment. So what does that mean? I'm not asking you to be a Bible scholar. If you want to go to Bible college, amen. I'm saying Peter had a few moments with Jesus. Look what a few moments did for Peter. Look what a few moments in the word did for Peter. Look what a few moments in the word could do for you. Are you available? Are you obedient? Can God use you? Number three, with Pastor Jason, just Pastor Jason coming up. Number three, being chosen means be changed. Be changed. An encounter with Jesus should change everything. Should change everything. Look what happens here. Let's read it again. But when Simon Peter saw it, this miracle, right? So they just pulled in all of this fish. This is crazy. The smell was probably horrendous. Y'all ever been to a fish market? Woo! I'd take a junior high spring breakaway cabin over anything else, all right? This over fish? No, no, thank you. When he saw all this fish and the boat starts to sink, right? We're talking about blessings on blessings on blessings. All of a sudden, he has to call his boys, James and John. He's like, listen, you got to come over here and help me with this. I, like, I always kind of, I wish, I wish the Bible would give us Jesus' reactions. Because I don't know how Jesus is reacting in this moment. I don't know if Jesus was like, cast your net on all the fish come up. And he's just like. <laughs> you know, Jesus is kind of an awkward dude. And I love it. He's probably just standing there like, yeah. That's what happens when you listen to me. That's what happens when you listen to me. Everything changes. And Simon, Peter, in this moment, is so amazed. He's, 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 he's almost at a loss for words. He's like, this, this, I've never seen this amount of fish. This is, again, a professional fisherman. He's probably seen a good few hauls. He's seen a lot of fish. So that tells me for him to respond like this, he is dropping to his knees. He's dropping to where he is eye level with the knees of Jesus. The Bible says he, he fell to Jesus' knees. He's postured himself like this. What would ever put a man on his knees? Well, what would do that? What would drive this guy to do this? Something that it is impossible happened. His response in this moment 
was to drop to his knees because he finally understood what this moment was. Peter most likely had never seen this much fish in his life. In his life. I mean, to cause both boats to start to sink? That's insane. That's a lot of fish. They begin to fill their boats. It was at this point that Peter realized the meaning of this miracle. He's like, this was, this was what it was all about. This was this is why you got in my boat awkwardly. This is why you asked me to push out into the water. This is why you started teaching and I got to listen to you. This is why I was available. And this is why I just did what you asked me to do because I just figured something would happen. He's, he's, the, the wheels are turning in, 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 in Peter's mind. He says, as he falls down at the knees of Jesus, depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. Something about being near and knowing, something about the realization of who Jesus is helps us realize who we really are. And that is sinful people. Something about the proximity to Jesus and this power and this intimate moment of blessing. Something about this moment clicked in Peter's mind. He was like, I'm sinful, and you're obviously not. It exposed him. Hashtag exposed. It was all over Twitter. Peter's a sinful man. The fisherman, the guy that smells like fish. Sinful. Peter went from entertaining Jesus to just entertaining the commands of Jesus, what Jesus was asking, to now he is on his knees telling Jesus, you shouldn't be around people like me. I'm, I'm too messed up, man. I'm, I'm too confused right now. I'm too, I'm too broken. This is what Peter is saying. I obviously see that you're good. And you shouldn't be around bad. He's identifying himself as sin. As a sinful man. This is, this is the Messiah. This is the Savior of the world. I bet you if you had told Peter before Jesus showed up that, hey, the Messiah is going to get in your boat. I know it's kind of weird. Just do what he says. And then he's just going to call you and blah, 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 blah. That's all going to happen. Peter will probably stab you because he was that crazy. All right? Look it up. He's crazy. He's saying, Jesus, you shouldn't be around me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've thought. You don't know what I've said. You don't know what I felt. You're obviously good. I'm obviously bad. You're in the wrong boat. That's what he's saying. You picked the wrong boat. You ever said that? I've said that. I'll be transparent tonight. I've said that. Jesus, you picked the wrong one. You picked the wrong boat. Peter could have gone home. He could have easily been trapped in the sin he felt, and he could have left. That's why I wrote that you have to be changed. Continuously changed. Make that decision. Walk in it. Pursue it. Pursue change. Walk in change. What is the change? 
Who is the change? That change is Jesus. Walk with Jesus. Pursue Jesus. I love, so here's this innocent, this heartbreaking moment. Peter's saying, I've never been good enough. That's why I'm a fisherman. Because I didn't have the grades. I didn't have the talents. I didn't have the upbringing. The odds have been stacked against me. That's why I smell like this. That's why I look like this. That's why I haven't slept in a whole day and night because I'm trying to just make ends meet. This is why I'm like this, Jesus. You shouldn't be around me. You should go. And Jesus, I love Jesus because he doesn't respond to that. He doesn't, he doesn't respond to this, this sentence, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. What, what does Jesus respond to? He doesn't respond to Peter the way Peter thought he would respond because Jesus already knew that he was a sinful man because there's only one Jesus in the boat and Jesus knows that Jesus has not sinned. So obviously, if there was a sinful man in the boat, it wasn't Jesus. So we just, let's just, we, Jesus knew that. So he didn't even like respond to that part. What does he say? <laughs> he calls him. He calls Peter. What is, let's read it. What does he say? He says, do not be afraid. I'm not here to shame you. I didn't get in this boat to judge you. I didn't get in this boat to look down on you. I didn't get in this boat to be away from you. I got in this boat because I want to be near you. I got in this boat because I saw the you that I've called you to be. And if you would just be available, and if you would just be obedient, then you'll see change in your life. Jesus knows. He knows in this moment. He calls. He says, don't be afraid. I'm not here to fight you. I'm not here to crucify you. I'm not here to do any of that. So he doesn't say this. He doesn't say, don't be afraid. I know you're a sinner, and I know your parents did this, and I know this was said to you, and I'm really sorry about all that. Like, I make all things work together for your good. You'll figure that out later. Like, he doesn't even address that. What does he get down to? What does, he, what does he do in this moment? He identifies Peter. Even before Peter knew who God was calling him to be, who Jesus was calling him to be, Jesus knew. And he calls him. He calls him. Peter could have gone home. And here he is talking to change himself. What is Jesus' response to you tonight? He's calling you. He's calling you. He's calling you out of darkness. He's calling you out of your comfort zone. That's a word for somebody. He's calling you out of the place that you held on to because that's the only thing you've known emotionally. God is calling you out of your comfort zone. There are some of you that should be serving this church. Could be on the worship team. God is calling you out of your comfort zone. 
He is calling you out of the shadows where you've been hiding because you are convinced God couldn't use someone like you when in reality, he absolutely can use someone like you. He is calling a fisherman. He's calling David. He's calling Edwin. He's calling Julian. Jonathan, both of them. He's calling Pastor Ariel. He's calling you. George, he's calling you. Alex, he's calling you. I can go person after person. He is calling you. He is beckoning. He can use you. What? What happens next? They brought their boats to the land and they left everything. They left the boat behind. They left their family behind. They left everything and followed him. They are changed forever. You never know what God will do until you let him use you. Peter. Peter was used to change the world. Peter was used to advance the gospel in countries and nations so much and he was so influential that the state and the governments and the crowds could no longer let him do that and they killed him. This this all started with a boat and a net and a whole lot of fish and he ended up changing the world. Could God use someone like you to change the world? Yes! He can! He absolutely can. And he wants to. He wants to use you. What world am I talking about? The world of your school. I believe it's possible that you can win your school. We hear that. Uh, You know, youth evangelists love to say stuff like that. Win your school. Win the teachers. Win the nation. Listen, I'm not here to hype you up. I'm here to bring a story alive to you. That says you can, you literally can do it. You you literally can be used by God to influence your teachers. You literally can be used to influence your brothers and sisters. Maybe you are a sibling in this place. Maybe you're a sibling and you're the only one following Jesus. God can use you to change the world of your family. God can use you to change your world and the world of people around you. God can do it. So what does it mean to be chosen? It means to be available. Throw it up on the screen, the last slide. It means to be available. It means to be obedient. It means to be changed. That's, that's, that's the thing. When stuff got hard, and probably did, Peter could have just went home. But he had an encounter with Jesus that he knew. He saw it with his eyes. There was no going back. I'm here to tell you tonight. How can you be changed, forever changed? It starts with an encounter with Jesus. I used to be so angry. I used to live such a violent life. Here, blocks away from here. I can list the alleyways that I've thrown punches in. 
I can show you the house that I was jumped in. I can show you all the places where I thought this is how you solved issues. I can show you the place that almost killed me twice. I can show you all those places. Jesus saved my life and there is no going back. There is no going back. I'm here to tell you tonight, Jesus can change your life. And it starts with letting him in the boat. It starts with letting him in your life. I promise you tonight, he's not going to judge you. He's not going to belittle you. He's not going to embarrass you. This relationship with Jesus is going to be the best thing that has ever happened to you. It will save your life for all eternity. Would you bow your heads tonight? And I can feel in the room that there's some of you and the Holy Spirit's working on your heart and he's working on your soul. You feel this tugging. You know God is calling you. There's people and you know God is calling you, but you're afraid. What if, what if I cast my net and nothing happens? What does Jesus say? Don't be afraid. He wants to use you. There's some of you here tonight and you've never met Jesus. And you're sitting here tonight and you're like, wow, that, that's good and all, but could that actually happen to me? With all the love and passion in my heart, yes. If you were to invite Jesus into your life, he will change everything. What does that look like? The Bible says that if we were to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Christ died and rose again and is seated at the right hand of the Father, meaning that he is in heaven. Because of this, because Jesus died on the cross for all of our sins, past, present, future, that when we die, because we believe in Jesus, because we are in relationship with him, God the Father doesn't judge us, but he welcomes us. That's what this means. That's what, that's what this moment is about. If you were to leave here and something would happen to you. Where would you be? Where would you go? Would you be in heaven? Would you be in hell? And the only way to escape that judgment is through a loving, kind, gracious, life-giving relationship with Jesus. It starts with believing in Jesus. And so if that's you tonight, with my leaders looking, if that's you tonight, and you would like to start a brand new relationship with Jesus, because we've never met before, you want Jesus to come into your life, to be in your boat, the count of three, I just want you to slip up your hand. Once you put it up, you can put it right back down. The reason why I have to do this is because I want to see you. And I've got leaders wanting to talk and pray with you. So if that's you and you're like, I want this relationship with Jesus. I want to be changed. I don't want to be the same anymore. On account of three, one, Jesus loves you. Two, he died for you. 
He rose again on the third day so that you can live forever with him. Three, if that's you and you want to start a relationship with Jesus, just slip up your hand. Just slip up your hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? I'll wait because I know, I know there might be somebody here. God loves you. He sent his son Jesus. Maybe there's some of you here tonight and you used to know Jesus. Maybe at one point Jesus was in your boat. But you've been away. You haven't been as consistent. You and Jesus kind of need to meet up again. Meaning you need to rededicate your life to following Jesus. Maybe you're here and that's you. On the count of three, would you just raise your hand and we can pray with you. One, two, three. If that's you, just slip up your hand really quickly. I saw that hand. See the hand? Yep. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Let's stand across this place. Let's stand. I smile in this moment because... Because I know Jesus changes everything. Walk, walk in this throughout your days, throughout, throughout your weeks. Be available. Excel, be available. Be obedient. God wants to use you. Be changed. Be changed. Be changed. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for us. That if we were to believe in his death and resurrection, that we'd be saved. Thank you that you gave us a way out from the mess that we put ourselves in. Thank you, God, that as you chose Peter and James and John, these fishermen, so you have chosen us, your children. Lord, convict us if we're not available to you. Lord, give us the strength and the courage to be obedient, Lord, and give us the faith to walk and be changed by you. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. We give you nothing less but all of our hearts. And everyone says, come on, would you just give it up for Jesus? Yeah. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Maybe you're here and you just want to talk to somebody. Say, hey, I'm going through some stuff. I've got leaders. If you're a leader, just like wave your hand. Wave it in the air like you just do care. <laughs> Maybe you just want to be prayed for. Maybe you just want to talk to somebody. Our leaders are here to pray for you, to just talk with you. And so we want to do that. Hey, I'm so glad you came out tonight. Those of you, it's your first time. Man, I'm so glad you're here. I want you to know that I care about you. Even though we've never met, I care about you. I love you. And I believe in you. And I'm proud of you. If the booth, if you are a first-time guest, right? Because I know there's some of you here. I want to meet you. I want to give you a gift. I think it's really cool. It's got candy. So it's got some other goodies that I want to give you. 
And so thank you for coming out to Summer Nights. Don't forget, next week is Jersey Night. Rep your squad, rep your hood appropriately. <laughs> I don't want to see this or this. Or I don't want to see none of that, all right? So <laughs> rep it. I love you. Excel, I'll see you next week. Peace.